You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. we got Emilio grinning like a possum in a dumpster down here in Tennessee. He's probably reading the chat. But we're just here to talk a little Packers ball this morning. Uh, we got some updates from the uh, Reese Senior Bowl practices. Obviously, we talked to Jake Shavink from the Packernet Podcast Network here. Uh, he, he does the – it's all always draft season podcast. We uh, got boots on the ground down there. Talked to him last night. Got a few names that he mentioned that he's uh, keeping an eye on. So we'll see where they rank. We'll also take a second to break down a little Baltimore Ravens defense. If indeed we do hire one of the two or three that we've got our eye on there in that organization as the next potential uh, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I know the chat's lit too. Tim's back on the soundboard today. <laughs> So uh, we're good to go. All right. I figured, I thought for sure you hit me with it. Here we go right off the bat. But yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> hey, I'm still uh, still getting that. Uh... Got to get Jumps that up, right? me. Get, get my yeah. wits about me. And we got our first delivery of merch, right? So we got us a little merch on this. Oh, All right. So um, the hoodies are a little big, which is good. If you guys have uh, moves like me, I got the man. That's what she said. <laughs> That, that may have been what she said, actually. But anyway, um, they're a little big, but you know how it is, too, man. Sometimes when you order from these sites like this, uh, that stuff will shrink up. Next thing you know, it's a belly shirt. I'm over mm-hmm. here looking like Crop Britney top. Spears uh, filming hey, videos. That's good, in my we, so they run a little big. Now Now we know. So maybe maybe mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you order a size down mm-hmm. or up. That's, that's good to know. Yep. So the Packer fan total access got approved. Um, now we'll start on an alternate kind of design, that type of thing. But, nice. again, this isn't. A clothing line podcast just want to let you guys know the merch is uh is available and it's and it'll it's be available. in the link right uh description of this absolutely on this youtube video if you click on the description of this video you'll see a link for both bet us 
Um, and then also you'll see a link for merch store and that'll send you directly to our store. So got a coffee mug on the way too. So excited about that. But nice. anyway, let's talk some Packers here. Let's go through the chat real quick. I know we got a herd of people uh, just hanging out, insulting each other. That's the way we like it. Right? Uh, we got Boz in here, Eric Sutherland, Jen Wright. Good to see you, Jen. Uh, let's see who else. Um, Red Mo in the house. What's up, Red Mo? Chewy, uh, Maki in here. Yeah, we got the whole crew. David Mitchell. Good to see you, David. Good stuff. Um, Donovan Schilling up in here as well. M. Smitty. Good morning, M. Smitty. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's just kind of dive into what we're hearing from the Senior Bowl. Okay, first of all, you know, day one of practice in, in the books. The one that stood out to everyone, I think, was Quinion Mitchell, right, the cornerback. Um, we asked Jake Shavink, you know, about him, and he's like, yeah, man, he just absolutely dominated essentially. So what I thought I'd do is just, just kind of take a quick look at Quinion Mitchell, all right? This is from um, Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. You guys know I'm big on Daniel Jeremiah. He played uh, played quarterback at App State, you know, played, played college quarterback. His dad was a coach, been around football his entire life. He is like the lead draft analyst slash expert for the NFL network. I know people like to make fun of that and go, what does he actually know? He works for a network. I, you know, I know the guy before him and his name escapes me now. Um, but it was that there's Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock was the lead analyst before him. And then he turned around and got a job as a GM, like just a couple years later with the Raiders. Right. Um, so they, I feel like they do a good job picking their lead analyst, but nonetheless, Daniel Jeremiah, he, he and Bucky Brooks do a phenomenal job. This is what he said on Quinion Mitchell. He said, Mitchell has excellent size, speed, and toughness for the position. He's at his best in off-man coverage. Uh-oh, Packer fans don't want to hear that. He's <laughs> best when playing off-man coverage where he, plays, uh, where he plays out of a side turn and eyes the quarterback through the wide receiver. I like that technique. That's kind of cool. He is very situationally aware, settling at the sticks before triggering on the ball. Um, there's a noticeable burst when he drives downhill. He has plenty of speed to turn and carry go routes. He also can quickly restart and recover versus double moves. Uh, occasionally, there's a little tightness when he must flip his hips down the field. He has exceptional ball skills. See his tape from 2022 when he had five interceptions, including a pair of pick sixes, but he wasn't challenged very often in 2023. I love his desire and physicality against the run. He never hangs on blocks and he bursts to the ball carrier before coming to balance and collecting tackles before coming to balance. How we arrive at confrontation determines how we handle confrontation, right? Overall, Mitchell is a feisty competitor and outstanding speed and a history of ball production. And again, you've seen it on display yesterday in the first wave of practices there at the senior bowl. Now, another one that stood out was Max Melton, right? Um, people were talking about Max Melton. I, if I understood, do you remember Emilio? Did Jake say he was the fastest cornerback recorded yesterday? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Over 20 Bo miles Melton, an hour. Yep. Yeah. So Bo Melton's brother, Max Melton at the senior bowl was recorded as the fastest corner. If we, if we're remembering that correctly. So, you know, they were racing too as kids, you know, because oh you you know Bo was the receiver, Max was the corner, and you, and it's perfect work. I mean, you're, you're going up against your brother. Who's out, who else is going to work that hard against you, you know? Absolutely. So, when you look at the cornerback list here, I thought, let's take a second and break down the corners in the number 12 spot. And this is the overall big board sorted by cornerbacks. Okay. So, I'm about to sneeze. It's driving me crazy. Um, so if you if you look at them, the numbers on the left is their overall ranking, okay? And it's going to be too small a font for me to see where they peaked at, but the, the small number underneath that big number is where they peaked um, 
on the board. All right. So number 12 spot, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Number 15, you got Nate Wiggins. Number 17, Cooper DeGene. Number 18, Terrian Arnold from Alabama. Number 26, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. So he comes in the 26th spot, Quinion Mitchell does. All right. Where do we pick again, guys? 25th, right? So you can see he's kind of in that ballpark. Now, if you look over in the far right, look at the projection, though. He was projected to go number 17 to Jacksonville. So good chance he won't be there. But if he is, there's there's a slight chance, hey, he might be on the board, right? Kamari Lassiter, cornerback from Georgia, coming in at the 30 spot. His projection is number 29 to Detroit. Another thing to keep in mind, Kool-Aid McKinstry, even though they've got him on the consensus big board in the number 12 spot there at the top, he's projected to go all the way to 22 at Philly. What you see is some of these – these draft experts are trying to match up scheme. They're trying to match up, you know, just a good fit for these players. Um, that's why you get this stuff uh, kind of shaking out a little bit different. Um, Enos Rakestraw, junior cornerback out of Missouri in the number 42 spot. He is projected to go number 37 to the L.A. Chargers. Number 44, Kalen King out of Penn State. Um, he's projected to go number 35 to Arizona. So you're seeing some of these corners would be available for the Packers if they had a, a high grade on them, right? TJ Tampa, number 55. Josh Newton, number 69. Uh, Kalen Carson, number 75. DJ James, 76. Chris Abrams Drain, 79. Mike Sainstrill, I think I'm saying that right. Sainstrill, um, uh, out of Michigan is 82. Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon at 101. And then you see Max Melton from Rutgers, Bo Melton's brother, at 107. So you, know, you got several picks in the top 100. You know, if you don't address corner extremely early, you know what I mean? Maybe there's a chance that Max Melton does end up with the Packers, right? They're in the top 100. So uh, just the fact that he's he's kind of sticking out a little bit with that speed, you know, kind of pops off the, off the board to you. So, um, you know, maybe – you know, I, I can't remember exactly the picks we've got. I know we've got like, what is it, five in the top 100, something like that. So there's a good chance with maybe that that last, you know, that fourth or fifth pick there in the top 100. If they've got Max Melton graded out as the, you know, whatever, 80th best prospect or 60th best, 60th best prospect, there's a chance they could take him, which Goody kind of said earlier this year too. This really surprised me. He said um, in those first three rounds, we typically get get players in our top 50. So that was pretty wild. Like, okay, that's how – they're they're kind of playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. But I think uh, I think it's a fair argument to point out too that we have swung and missed quite a bit in the third round. Maybe that has something to do with that, right? So, what do you think? Let's go around the horn here real quick, Tim, about that cornerback list. Anything stick out to you? And what do you think about Max Melton potentially? Uh, you know, we've got so many people with the same last name on this roster, and I typically <laughs> don't subscribe to this type of stuff. You know, where it's like, yeah, get get a couple brothers playing together. But Green Bay does kind of seem to, you know what I mean? They they uh. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and tried to get a Max Melton if the board fell just right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I re- retweeted Jake Shavink yesterday. I said the thought of, of Bo Melton going going up against his brother in 1v1s at camp brings me great joy, and uh, it does. Um, I tell you, I would love love to see what Goody's uh, mock draft looks like. I wonder, I wonder if he stays up late like we do, right, just uh, <laughs> at home, you know, Doing a little uh, little mock drafting, uh, practicing, but no, it'd be really cool to see uh, what his draft board is looking like right now. But we'll never know until draft day. Um, I think with uh, with uh, Max Melton though, that that may I don't know if we'll necessarily like trade or make a move to to go grab him. But if he's on the board and we're picking, I I could see grabbing him. Um, <laughs> but this looks like a I mean. Looks like a pretty decent uh, 
you know, class of uh, cornerbacks here. And, um, you know, we're looking to add, uh, you know, to our cornerback room right now. I know we've got a lot of youth back there, but, you know, you never know. And in the draft, it doesn't – I'm a big proponent of I don't really care where you're drafted. I care what you do when you get to the NFL. Um, yeah, so we could have a steal here uh, in the first or second round even because um, you never know how – you know, some of these guys could fall. We, we know how the, you know, the draft day suspense can start to build up. And then, you know, guys that are projected, you know, at one spot, they end up on the board way lower than we thought. And that's how you get steals. I mean, we're notorious for, uh, you know – crushing fifth and sixth round drafts picks. Um, so, you know, you never know. But uh, I like Max Melton from what I've seen, uh, just, uh, you know, getting a few shots from from Jake down there, boots on the ground, which is so cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's see, looking here at uh, at Kool-Aid McKinstry, I mean, you know, projected going 12th. I mean, he's number one with name right there so i mean he's got the coolest name in the draft i think we we talked about that does that help his draft stock that you just want a guy named kool-aid on your team <laughs> oh but uh i guess we'll see when it comes down to it but um i think we're gonna take at least uh at least two uh two corners relatively yeah. early probably yeah you know one of the things that we talked about emilio was uh we we had four corners listed as needs on All our right. roster and i know people see that and go what are you talking about i mean Corey ballantyne i don't believe he's on on the technically on the roster right now, although I think they would be interested in picking him back up for the right price. Um, he had the best passer rating when targeted, if I remember correctly, even higher than Jair Alexander this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrington Valentine, you know, if you see a seventh round pick playing that many snaps, you think, oh, he's a stud. He graded out really, really bad, you know, just to be completely honest about it. I, I think he held his own considering he's a seventh round pick and, right. and this league is so tough, but um I'm not saying they're going to go out and draft four corners. I'm simply saying you can make the case for saying we need a nickel, we need a slot corner, and we need another boundary corner opposite Jair Alexander. Right. right? And, I mean, on that list right there, you got 15, 16 guys in the top 100. That's a sixth of the draft. You know, we've got five picks in that first 100, first 100 um, you know, picks. So I don't see why he wouldn't dabble in it a little bit. I mean, we, we need help in the secondary. There's a lot of names there. Uh, so we, you know, we, like he said, we don't know who's their top 50 when they're looking at this list. There could be two people on this entire list that, that they are absolutely in love with, but we're never going to know that. Other teams aren't going to know that they're going to, you know, try to play that game. But uh, I, I do think that we're going to take a shot at it. And I, I would be fine with, um, you know, I, I think that we tried the first round corner with, uh, you know, Stokes and maybe he gets away from that this year and, you know, maybe follows up with, you know, a, tackle or something like that but um there's talent there and they're there we're gonna have a couple on our team yeah definitely i was trying to look up some information on quinn mitchell uh he's out of florida right because someone asked in the chat there you had it marked tim if you want to pull it up um yeah, there's a chat yeah. that asked why how pretty much if i understood the, the question correctly they're asking how did he end up at toledo right right yeah so when you pull up his his uh his profile from uh, what is it twenty? Uh, what is it twenty? Well, rivals.com, right? His high school information. He was only a two-star recruit, six foot one seventy-five, out of Florida. Um, recently offered cornerback Quinya Mitchell from uh, Williston, Florida, is set to take a visit to Illinois. The speedy all-purpose player is getting heavy recruiting attention after performing well on the camp circuit this spring. 
He talks about the new offer from Illinois and the upcoming visit um, in this update from Orange and Blue News. So obviously you got to subscribe to get the whole article, but it sounds like he was just a two-star recruit. So that's how he kind of ended up at somewhere like Toledo, which that's the thing too. Like there's, if you, I love to do this too. I love to go and look at the highest graded PFF players and then just do a quick check. Like just go throughout the entire league and go, okay, what was their high school rating coming out? You would be really surprised at how many of those guys were like three-star recruits, right? And it's like they just – they had something else in them to work, 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 work. And then you got some of these guys that were five-stars, supposed to be the top prospects in the country. They go to college, right? They they kind of skate through college, do what they got to do, get to the pros, and they absolutely suck. It's because I think some of those guys – were, you know, handed a lot of that success, right? They were handed that, hey, look, he's got the body, he's got the build, he's got all the, the natural talent and ability, but they just didn't have the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, just the the want, the desire to be great at the NFL. So Quinya Mitchell seems to be like he's an overachiever. I think that's a good thing personally. And sometimes it's easy to look at the small school and go, ah, it's a small school, you know, Toledo, not, you know, it's a mid-major, probably, probably not the guy you want. But if you dig into the past, you go, this dude has done nothing but worked his tail off. And you're seeing it down there, too. Like we talked about the stress that comes with the senior bowl and how, you know, it's one thing to play on a, in, you know, in a football game, whether it's a Friday, a Saturday or Sunday. And there's 22 players on the field. You can kind of blend in a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. When they put you in that gauntlet around all the other all stars and you got pro scouts in the stands and on the sidelines and it's you one on one versus a guy and you rise up and you perform. To me, that says a whole lot about that player, man. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, yeah. um, just something to keep in mind there. Again, Max Melton coming in at 107. Quinion Mitchell's currently on the consensus big board sitting at 26. So, and, I mean, what what I do – real quick, what I do like about Quinion is that he worked that hard at a smaller school. I mean, it's a, it's Mac, right? So, mm-hmm. my still my home. I went to UB, so it's like you still get dogs out there. It's not like, you know, yep. you know where, did, where did Khalil come from? You know, so right. it's uh, – I, I think you about Donald Driver. Donald, yeah. Donald Driver out at uh, where do you go? El, Alcorn State. Yeah, Alcorn State. Yeah, like a Packer yeah. Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. Aaron Jones out of Utah. I mean, it's. Hey, yeah. Imagine seeing a receiver and saying, "I don't know, man." He went to Mississippi Valley State. That was Jerry Rice, by the way. Yep. So, right. Just something to keep in mind, man. And, and you look at Tucker Craft, the knock on him, right? And look at what he did this year. I mean, he yep. really he he graded out as a legit starting tight end in the league, especially in a league where they'll use plenty versions of a 12 personnel where you're getting a lot of snaps for at least two tight ends on each roster. That guy um, was born to be a Packer, man. He really was, man. You kidding me? Just burning cigs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like sitting on the back of the truck with a bush latte and a lung dart. It immediately made me think of Blake Bortles. Remember when they asked him that interview they did with him or whatever, when he first got drafted by the Jaguars back in the day, that, that lady reporter said, What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Went, uh, usually just take a piss. <laughs> and, then, and then she said, if you weren't playing football, what would you be doing? He said, working construction, ripping cigs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah, you're right, though, man. That picture of uh, – it looked like that picture of Tucker Craft sitting on that tailgate, smoking that cigarette, drinking, like you said, a bush latte. It – it looked like something I'd seen in a Field and Stream magazine in 1989. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just perfect. It was like mm-hmm. there was nothing designer about it or anything. Just say, hey, look around here, just kind of doing some ice fishing. But I love <laughs> it, man. I absolutely love it. Love my Packers, man. 
Uh, let's see what Red Mo had to say. Red Mo said, "Last time the the Packers passed on a what is that word? Brother, brother. brother. I think God, okay. brother. To some, I, I never know if these guys have got some cool new lingo that I don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, passed on a brother to someone on the team, they missed out on Amon Ra St. Brown. Good point. Very good point. Right? I think that's what's so cool about Bo and Max playing different positions. You know, yeah. like we, you know, the St. Brown brothers are both receivers. You know, you're kind of mm -hmm. flipping a coin. Who's gonna Who's gonna pan out better? Um, I mean, we could get dubs on both of these guys, man. If we, you know, the Meltons could be uh, household names here going forward. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, also in the chat, Chris says, home today, working in office and looking forward to NFL Network's coverage of the Senior Bowl practice. They do a great job, man. They got some some awesome uh, hosts out there. Like I said, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, just watching the practice. Again, we got Jake Shavink. Make sure you're following Jake Shavink at Jake NFL Draft on Twitter. Um, he'll be doing live tweets right there from his from his seat out there getting roasted. Did you see how Bernie was last yeah. night? Oh my! Got to turn the notifications on so you so you get all the tweets as they come out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's he roasting out there in that Alabama sun. I wonder oh, how glowing he's going to be tonight when he hop if we can get him on tonight, man. Well, see, you're already putting he's me on the spot. The shirt. You, you're gonna get me in trouble, Emilio. I'm a. There's going to be no show tonight, guys. Oh, Emilio had to. Yeah. You, and this is, what, this is what's crazy. Remember, remember the Dallas Cowboys fan that got in there and, and put a super chat in one night. It was Destiny, Mandy's little cousin. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, she got in here talking crap. Um, we're going out to dinner with her. It was last second changes, so I'm I'm literally belling on Packer fans to go hang out. <laughs> yeah, have dinner. Yeah, yeah. She uh she did you make sure a comment. Mandy. <laughs> she made a comment to Mandy on the phone. I was cracking up. She said uh. Mandy said, hey, Des, has got a question for you, Clay. No, it was. She said, oh, what time do the Packers play this week? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Wow. Now, oh. You know what I said? Hey. Cowboys haven't really played an, a, a, a real game of football in three weeks. I mean, you see him win. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, I should have played. Yeah, there you that's go. What, that's what Clayton's going to say first thing. Uh, when he says you know down. what I got to do for dinner? I've got to set that as my ringtone. Oh. And, and me and Emilio will just call your phone every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make that happen. Got to make that happen. David Mitchell in the chat says, Tucker has cheese in his that's veins. Those, man. With a name like Kraft and playing right. for the Packers, come on, man. It was just I love it. A match love made it. in heaven, no doubt. So, all right. So let's move on to the next report down there. Um, another guy we've been talking about is Jackson uh, Powers Johnson, right? The interior offensive lineman, center, whatever you want to call him. Um, Dane Brugler tweeted this out. He quote tweeted first of all. He quote tweeted Brandon Thorne. Brandon Thorne's tweets uh, had a couple of videos on uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. We're not going to take the time to play the videos, but he said more JPJ. Uh, who had a heck of a day one, including at guard. His right guard rep equaled staying inside out with patience versus the stutter. So you're seeing different moves they're throwing at him. He was staying inside out with patience versus the stutter move. And then his rep at center, eating the eating the push and pull, anchor and finish. So uh, he's turning heads down there, obviously. Dane Brugler quote tweeted that, and he put Miami at 21 or Dallas at 24. Would be great fits for Jackson Powers Johnson if he's still available. So if he drops that far, might want to keep an eye on Miami. Why Miami? You guys remember we we did kind of an eval of the free agent class this year, right? And remember Connor Williams? Connor Williams, their center in Miami, tore his ACL. So there's a, they're, they're definitely in need for a good center. So there's a good chance that they go after someone like Jackson Powers Johnson at that spot for sure. So um, something to keep in mind there. And, again – our eval of the interior offensive line led us to believe as, as far as free agency is we really got to keep our eyes. We got to fill interior offensive line through the draft most likely because the only other guy we came up with and said, you know what, that might be worth it is Greg Von Roten, uh, who was on the Packers before. He said at $2.7 million as far as market value. So the fact that the interior offensive line market is so thin means the price is going to get driven up, right? That's, you know, when you got you got low supply, high demand, the price is going to raise. That's when inflation hits, right? So expect people to be overpaying in free agency, but also expect them to be overpaying in the draft. People are going, Clayton, it's not free agency. No, it means they're going to reach a bit to get these interior offensive linemen because the free agent market is so thin. So just keep that in mind. We got Jacob joining us now. Jacob, look at Jacob's professional setup over there. What's this mock he's got? Look at this. What oh, snap. I've never it's seen this before. Uh, you can't hide credit. Look at this. Can I propose uh, something? I think tonight me, Emilio, and Tim should host the show and we should go the mock draft show. Look at Emilio. Let's do it. Mock draft is easy, it's easy content, and then we don't have to really. Don't have to do much, bro. You guys, right, Jacob, Jacob suggested it. He's in charge, he's running the show. All right, yeah, we'll do a live call to Clayton at the dinner. Not even an admin. Yeah, we got to get, get that situated. Yeah, we'll we'll have to kick Carly as an admin temporarily. And put, <laughs> temporarily, and put Jacob in there. Carly's listening, going, "What the hell did I do?" Yeah, <laughs> we gotta. Yeah, we need to make that happen. I'm gonna make that happen. That'll be my 
project this morning. That would be absolutely awesome. Sitting at dinner tonight, have my phone on the table watching a mock draft. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Mandy will be throwing a champagne glass at me. You know what I mean? Mandy will be like, put your phone down, and Clayton will be like, I'm not going to, so quit asking. Exactly right. <laughs> so Powers Johnson, all right? This is Daniel Jeremiah's take on him, all right? He's got him ranked as the 35th prospect, so keep that in mind, right? What did Dane Brugler say? Miami at 21, Dallas at 24. Daniel Jeremiah's saying he's got him at 35. It doesn't mean he's going to go at 35, which it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we just said. If the market's kind of thin, it's going to boost the value of some of these players that may make sense for him to go in that range that Dane Brugler set. So Powers Johnson has experience at all three interior offensive line spots and has spent time at defensive tackle as well. Can he stop the run? Get him in there, boys. Right. Um, he was outstanding at the center position in 2023, and that's where I expect him to play at the next level. He has good size, exceptional quickness, and steady balance in pass pro. He sets vertically and is able to catch and absorb versus power rushers. Um, you kind of seen that in the tweet we just read. He does an excellent job reworking his hands to maintain position and is a nasty helper when uncovered. That's what she said. In the run game, he uses his upper body power to turn defenders, generating a lot of movement at the point of attack. He is quick working up to the second level and takes good angles. Overall, there aren't aren't many holes in his game. I love his bulldog playing style. So Daniel Jeremiah, real big on Jackson Powers Johnson, again, Dane Brugler saying he may go as high as 21 or 24. Very well might be your top interior offensive lineman. If we look at the offensive lineman group, and I'll keep this pulled up for everybody, you guys know Graham Barton is the one that I did in a mock draft. I actually took him at the 25th spot. Um, the consensus uh, big board here has him number one, Powers Johnson number two. So Graham Barton from Duke, 28th. They have him projected. The consensus has him projected to go to Dallas at 24. Powers Johnson in the 47 spot. The consensus mock draft has him projected to go to Washington at number 40. So he would be available for the Packers at 25, according to the consensus big board. Uh, Cooper Beebe, uh, interior offensive lineman from Kansas State. He's in the 59 spot, projected to go to the Eagles at 50. Then you got Zach Frazier out of West Virginia. He's at the Reese Bowl, too. All these guys, these top five guys here on the interior offensive line, you can see them down there for the senior bowl, okay? Um, the West Virginia Zach Frazier, they don't have a projection for him. That that kind of suggests he dropped probably out to, outside of the top 60 in their uh, consensus mock draft. Then you got Cedric Van Praan, interior offensive lineman out of Georgia. Um, he's projected to go number 57. They have him in the 77 spot on the big board. You see what I'm saying here? Like, look at some of these players. Mm-hmm. He's on the far left. That's your ranking. 28th, projected to go 24. 47th projected to go 40th, 59 projected to go 50th. You see how people are reaching a bit? It's because of the way that market's set for the interior offensive line, both in free agency and the draft. Number 77 projected to go 57. So then you got number 80, Zach uh, Zach Zinter um, out of Michigan. You got number 96, Christian Haynes out of UConn. Number 98, Christian Mahogany out of Boston College. 110, Dominique Puny um, out of Kansas. You got 130, Isaiah Adams out of Illinois, 132, Brandon Coleman out of TCU, 135, uh, Javian Cohen out of uh, Miami. So uh, just around the horn here real quick. Anybody who wants to go first, um, we'll start with you, Tim. Jackson Powers Johnson on the consensus big board listed as number two in the 47 spot. But again, Daniel Jeremiah has him in the 35 spot on his top 50. Yeah, I mean, bring bring me a young athletic offensive lineman i i 
looking at this board, they all look good to me. You know, I mean, we talked about trying to address this uh, issue issue uh, in the in the uh, in the uh, free agent market, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing if we're going to continue to run, you know, pin and pull, and you know, require some athleticism out of our 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 interior offensive linemen. I want I want some youth and some legs out there for sure. And yeah. uh, you know, draft and develop. You know, it applies across the board, not just the quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not the college football expert, so I'm not really well versed in a lot of these names. But, um, you know, I think we do need to make a move, uh, whether that's first round, second round. We, we got to grab some interior O-line. Yeah, definitely. Donovan Schilling in the chat says AFAM's favorite buffet is Chippendales. Go ahead, uh, Emilio. What are you <laughs> with, with your with – your... I love those guys. I swear. Go ahead. What do you think about Powers Johnson? And I'll be honest, man. I'm I'm good with any of these guys in the top 100. Just something to help bolster the center and possibly play right guard, right? Right. And I I think that might lead us to the what you were saying earlier. Is they're reaching for you know they're reaching 10 spots just to pick one up versus the cornerbacks. There's eight in the top 100. So that's half half the amount of linemen are in the top 100 versus the cornerbacks. So you, you're going to have to. You know, make make sure that you're on it. We saw Van Pran pop up a couple times on those mocks we did before, and we liked that. But again, if if it starts, you know, becoming known that the the market's you know low and all that stuff, they're going to start reaching. They're going to disappear before our eyes. Um, and we're, we need a couple to at least give them a shot, get some competition in there, and change it up a little bit. But uh, I, I like Powers Johnson. I'm excited to see uh, you know the rest of these guys play out. Definitely. Chris in the chat says, has anyone seen the tape on South Dakota State offensive lineman Mason McCormick from the East-West Shrine practice? Maybe another stud like Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State University. I have not seen the tape on him, Chris. I quickly checked um, the consensus big board. They have him in the 362nd spot. So if he does turn heads at the East-West Shrine game, yeah, that that dude could all of a sudden pop up and you see him in the top 200, top 150, right? And that's why it's important to kind of keep your finger on the pulse down there at the East-West Shrine game too, for sure. But I appreciate that information. We'll, we'll make a note of him and try to get some looks at, at his tape as well. Go ahead, Jacob. Though, what do you think about interior offensive line, man? How would you like to see the Packers approach this? Or do you think, hey, you know what? Let's roll with Sean Ryan at right guard. Keep uh, Josh Myers at center. What do you think? No. <laughs> oh, we're going to give him some now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do anything I have to to get Jackson Powers Johnson with one of my first couple picks. Um, the guy's just absolutely been showing out. And that senior bowl, the practice and everything else, I mean, I think that to me that's one of the best best ways of judging somebody's actual ability. We've talked about how, you know, certain stats and uh, the the combine, a lot of that stuff is, is, is all well and good when they're wearing shorts and, and their undies. But once they throw on the pads and start playing against guys that are of equal, if not better talent, it's so it's it's very impressive to see guys. You know, we talked about that quarterback, uh, what he did out there. It, I've seen just as many and heard about just as many kind of awe plays that Jackson Powers Johnson has made. A lot of it, too, is that he kicked out to guard and still looked very, very dominant. And another guy is Cooper Beebe. Is that related to the one and only Don Beebe? Bro. It's the first thing I thought too. Let me go Google it. You keep talking. I'll find that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking to it because if that's true, that's another legacy name. We'll get the Meltons in there. We get the BBs rocking up again. I mean, and then honestly, if we did take a stab at one of those guys early, whether it be the Jackson Powers or a BB or a Frazier, 
I do feel comfortable with a little bit of that depth there. I've, I've looked into Von Prong. He's he's a big guy, but I think we could use him. Zinter was, I think he got hurt, so maybe that's why he might be one of those guys that the Packers could. You know, we uh, one thing is to look at how these guys did the year before. I know that that's something we made a uh, mistake with this uh, last year is we we looked at only the the progress or the highlights or the stats of this guy's current year when <clears throat> a lot of the things, especially like Jaden Reed, that's how we missed on Jaden Reed. Not looking at what the guys did the year before, and for whatever reason, maybe they had an injury or a shakeup or a personnel change, coaching change. Maybe we should think about that too. Gotcha. It's a great point. Best, we could say best. that about Jordan Love too. You know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. To the best of my knowledge, they are not related. Um, I don't. I don't think. Let's see. Both Cooper BB and Dom BB are well recognized in the world of sports, but it's essential to highlight that their family connections lead to distant or distinct and unique life stories. Cooper BB, the son of Tom and Tamara BB, shout out, get a shout out, um, um, comes from a notable family background with his father having uh, been a football player at Pittsburgh State, adding to the athletic legacy associated with the BB name. So to the best of my knowledge, they're not related, but his dad did play uh, did play collegiate sports as well. So get that guy out of here then. I don't need yeah, him. Yeah, we don't need him. Probably yes. related to a Viking. Gene, that's the only Cooper I want. <laughs> All right, let's move on to safety. We asked uh, Jake Shavink last night about the safety position, right? And, uh, you know, two names he mentioned was Cam Kinchins, and then he also mentioned Bo Braid out of Maryland, right? You guys know I'm big on Tyler Newbin. Um, everyone is all over uh, Cam Kitchens. So let's kind of talk about the safety group and how they rank right here. Okay. So Cam Kitchens, according to the uh, the mock draft database, right, the uh, the consensus big board, they have him in the 34th spot. He peaked at number seven. So at one point, he was considered a top 10 prospect. And one of the reasons I'm not as big on him is because his PFF grade had been a little bit inconsistent, if I remember correctly, in, in doing my research. Look at his projection, though, guys. Number 41, Green Bay Packers. So according to the consensus big board in the mock draft database, they have him projected to be drafted by the Packers at number 41. You guys know I took Tyler Newman at number 41 because I like him over – Cam Kinchins, okay, but nonetheless, Kinchins coming in at 34th out of Miami, Tyler Newbin coming in 43rd um, out of Minnesota. They have him going number 43 to the Atlanta Falcons, so just two picks after the Packers. So you see that's how close they have them rated as far as in their mock draft database. Number 57, you got Kalen Bullock, uh, safety out of USC. He went number 51 to Pittsburgh. And then you got Javon Bullard or Javon Bullard out of Georgia in the number 66 spot. They also have him mocked to go to Green Bay at number 58. So that would be kind of a goody move to to take a safety that close, two safeties that close together, kind of like they did Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, right? So uh, Eden Hicks at number 85 out of Washington State. Cole Bishop out of Utah at 104. Taki Smith out of Georgia at 106. Uh, James Williams, a safety out of Miami at 117. Bo Braid, there's Bo Braid, the one that uh, – uh, you actually mentioned right mm -hmm. uh, he is out of maryland which you guys know we have a little bit of a pipeline there we drafted darnell savage out of maryland if i remember correctly mm -hmm. but O'Braid is listed as the 120th best prospect but he actually peaked at 59 at one point so keep that in mind stocks dropped a little bit he's got a chance this week at the senior bowl and the practices to raise that stock back up right um and then you've got uh vaki vaki i don't know how you say that out of utah um 
He's uh, number 124. So as far as the safety position, again, what, what Jake is saying he's keeping his eyes on is Cam Kitchens, who is the pretty much the consensus top safety in the draft, and then Bo Braid, who right now is sitting 120th on the consensus big board. So, uh, Tim, what do you think about safety, man? we got got several opportunities here in the top 100 as far as the consensus big board, right? It looks like we got, yeah. what, one, two, three, four, five guys that are sitting there in the top 100. I'm just – it makes me think of, like, you know – what if it doesn't play out this way and Newman and Kinchins aren't on the board when right. we pick? So now we do, we have to look down at some of these other names. Um, or are, is there a scenario where we see a trade where, where we have our sights set on, on say it's Newman or Kitchens, you know, do we make a trade to get that player? If, if you know, we're that high on them, but you know, we can do mocks all we want. And we, we look at the, you know, projections and then we see the draft play out. So I just, I wonder if, like, what's the plan if Kinchins and and Newman aren't on the board? You know, right? No, I think I think it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. You know, Bullard out of Georgia, coming from a big program like that, and the fact that they they've got the Packers kind of mocked to him, Emilio, mm-hmm. that would lead you to believe, you know, the the size, the athletic ability, kind of fits that threshold that Green Bay likes, right? Right, exactly. And what else gets me excited is that it's not. Um, I mean, there's three teams on here that have a pair of safeties that are in the top 150. Top 125. So you got, you know, two Georgia guys, two Utah guys and two uh, Miami dudes. So, that, I mean, I like that, that they're that they're both producing at the same time. And it's not just, you know, one dude's showing out from 12 interceptions or one dude is, you know, only the tackler. Like we got a we got a pair of well-rounded dudes on each of these teams. So it's not um, even if it doesn't work out like Tim was saying at the beginning of the draft. You know, maybe we can still make this work in the uh, in the later, you know, early hundreds, and and still work something out um, with with guys that have worked together and, and had a solid pair through the college season. Definitely. What about you, Jacob? How you seeing the safety uh, as far as the draft goes, man? I, I think we should take at least two swings at some point in this draft. Here's what we do. Here's what we do, guys. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting for this. So, <laughs> I was. I woke up thinking about this. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, God. That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it, Tim. Take your stab at Kitchens or Newbin with that first couple picks. Mm-hmm. And you let it slide, and then you take a stab at uh, Malik Mustafa. Now, the reason for that, I went through mm-hmm. and I looked at all these guys right now at NFL Draft Buzz. None of those dudes run faster than a 4-5 until you get to uh, basically right down the, the line there. Malik Mustafa runs a 4-3-3. I think he's the fastest safety that they've timed so far. Um, the only other one I think was James Williams was like a four four six or something like that. Bo Braid is out to a four five. I don't know why. I just feel like if the Packers are going to take a stab on the safeties, they want him to be kind of around that Darnell Savage type speed so that they can cover the field. But I don't know. To me, it just that that for some reason just splashes because I know we don't quite have RAS for most of these guys. But I have right. to imagine that if, unless they drastically change the way that they draft, that that'll be a, a, a factor. Right. Speed. Great, great point about the RAS, right? We know how valuable that is. (laughs) Yeah, just a quick update, too. Ian Rappaport tweeted out, former Bears OC Luke Getze interviewed with the Patriots for their vacant OC job yesterday, sources say, and today he has a second interview with the Saints. So Luke Getze getting all kinds of looks. Uh, Obviously, I know people like to dog on him since he left the Packers, but that dude had that running game cooking in Chicago. Right, so uh, something to keep an eye on there, especially with a team like the Saints with I think it's Dennis Allen down there, I believe, is the head coach. And mm-hmm. they've also, obviously we found them to be the sixth 
uh, the sixth best scoring defense in the league, the 10th best passing defense, 22nd stopping the run. So he might be looking for something to kind of, hey, let's lean on the run and play defense in New Orleans, that type of thing, as they try to get that cap cleaned up as always. So um, good stuff there at the safety position. And just to kind of quickly uh, lay it out here, day one winners, this came from Thor Nostrum. I looked at it, he had like 40-some thousand followers. So um, it sounds like he's kind of a draft analyst, 248,000 views. So this isn't just someone sitting in their basement, to the best of my knowledge. Um, these were his winners, running back Cody Schrader, running back Dylan Lobb, I think is how you say that name, Laby maybe. Running back Marshawn Lloyd, wide receiver Ryan Florney. Uh, you have wide receiver Lad McConkey. That might be the coolest yeah. in the entire draft. Get that lad in here. Um, wide receiver Roman Wilson, wide receiver Ricky Pearsall, and tight end Theo Johnson. Theo Johnson, this is kind of a thin tight end class, in my opinion, once you get outside of Brock Bowers. Theo Johnson's one that I've noticed when building my draft board. His name keeps popping up. Every year there's somebody I'm like, I keep seeing his freaking name. So look for Theo Johnson. If he does turn his down or he might rise on the boards. Now the losers, what a bunch of losers. Hey, uh, wait, wait, quick question. Is this, yeah. is he doing this by offense and defense? Cause they're, you know what I mean? Cause like these are yeah, all, offense. it probably is. Yeah. This okay. is, you know, and, and they do kind of key in on certain matchups. You got certain guys that go down and go, okay, I'm really going to focus on this. Cause if you try to look at everything, you can kind of get lost, right? right? Like that's what I love about Jake Shavink's coverage. You've seen all the information he gave us. You notice he didn't talk about quarterbacks, right? He didn't yep. talk about wide receivers. He was other than Johnny Wilson, my God, six foot seven or six foot six and an eighth, whatever it was. But um, you know, he talked about corners, he talked about safeties, right? So my guess is this guy's really keen on the uh, on the skill positions. So okay. um losers. And the reason it's important too, Tim, even though we're not in the market for a quarterback or necessarily a wide receiver. When you see these losers lists, if this, if you know, this is one guy's opinion, but again, I, I feel like he got enough views and stuff that it was important to just mention it. If Bo Nix drops on boards, right, it's going to affect everybody's draft. So it's important right. to kind of see the 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 guys who are who are uh, raising and dropping, right? So losers were quarterback Bo Nix, quarterback Joe Milton, um, which that's Tennessee's quarterback, right, Emilio? Am I thinking right, Milton? Yeah, yep. yeah. That mm -hmm. dude has got just the the prototypical arm. He's got a. Oh, I, what he, he threw an orange across the entire across the entire field like yeah, yeah. he just can't put it together though can he Emilio? Mm -hmm. just it's just something's missing there I don't know what it is he he's been highly recruited I think he ended up transferring to like two or three different schools mm -hmm. and just can't I don't know man he probably needs to sit behind a quarterback for a couple of years and learn take how to play the position right maybe yeah. he just needs some of that Mountain Dew. I tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and I had to drink a two liter of Mountain Dew. I guarantee you him playing in Knoxville, Milio, he met at least a dozen people at last least. Year. Just yeah, like at least. Especially after a win. They just they stormed the field. Yeah. You want some Mountain Deer? Uh-huh. <laughs> so Joe Milton dropped. Running back Amani Bailey dropped. Um wide receiver Xavier Leggett. Uh there or Leggett. I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name. I've seen his name a lot. Uh he seems to think he had a bad day too. Wide receiver Jacob Cowing, wide receiver um Anias Smith, I guess is how you say it. But uh Again, this is one man's opinion, but I like to try to find those winners and losers of each practice day and just try to see, okay, whose who's stock might be rising, who might be dropping. If you see Jake Shavink put out a tweet and he mentions any of these names and it completely conflicts with this guy's opinion, go with Jake Shavink's bid. All right. I trust Jake Shavink over someone I haven't met. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. Jake knows what he's talking about. And, and again, you guys, um, if you want to check out his podcast, make sure – 
you go find him. Uh, just search for Packernet Podcast. It's called the It's Always Draft Season Podcast here on the Packernet Podcast Network. Follow yeah. him on Twitter at Jake NFL Draft. And you can scan that QR code in the upper right. Thank you, Tim. That'll send you directly to Monday. What's that? He, Jake just put one up Monday. Yeah, and on his content, man. He's yep. just an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to these players entering the draft. So make sure you go check out his stuff here on the Packernet Podcast Network. All right, so Senior Bowl practice, just quickly. Uh, obviously, yesterday's in the books. Today, they're going to get kicked off again at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. If So from 9.30 to 11.30 will be the national team practice. From 12 to 2 will be the American team practice. And then Thursday, same thing, same time frame. And then, of course, the game will be played on Saturday, February 3rd, 12 p.m. Central in Mobile, Alabama. It'll be on NFL Network. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. I think there'll be some some pads popping out there for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so. what I loved about Jake. He said he was up in the up in this nosebleeds and he heard the cracks of the pads. I yeah. miss that, man. I absolutely miss that. And the fact that it's open to the public like that, yeah, you know, chef's kiss, man. That's awesome that they get to go out there and see all that and you know, they get to be, they get another shot to put their skills on, on test before we run around in, you know, compression shorts and t-shirts all day. So I like that. I say underwear, but you keep it professional with compression shorts. So (laughs) you see that chain on that guy on the right there, you know, he got some compression shorts. on. All right. So we, we've had a lot of conversation about the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff, right? Uh, We talked about um, Zach Orr being, scheduled to interview or being requested to interview. We also had Denard Wilson, which you guys know, I'm kind of leaning toward Denard Wilson over Zach Orr as a potential DC in Green Bay. My top pick of that staff would definitely be Chris Hewitt, although I haven't seen anything about him talking to Green Bay, so they may feel like he's kind of out of reach, that type of thing. But I got a quick video that came from, uh, and we'll be able to talk over it here. There's no sound to it, but this came from Twitter and it's called at honest NFL or NFL honest. Um, they put a lot of just breakdown films. I love their terminology because their terminology is quite a bit different from me from time to time. And it's an opportunity to kind of see how other people are seeing the game. But man, their account is phenomenal. If you want to learn the X's and O's, they just showed one play of the Baltimore Ravens and how they gave Patrick Mahomes some fits here, right? You know, everybody's looking at it like, well, look at what Patrick Mahomes did to the Baltimore Ravens. Guys, the Baltimore Ravens held him to 17 points, right? And if anyone took a hit in that game, in my opinion, it's the Ravens offense that struggled so bad would kind of lead you to believe, okay, maybe that offensive coaching staff isn't as good. But here's just a quick glance at what they like to do. They they like to show kind of a multiple front. If you look at 99 lined up on the edge down there, that's more of a defensive lineman build, right? Our defensive linemen are, you know, 300-plus pounds. Your Kenny Clarks, your TJ Slayton, your Devontae Wyatt's. This guy looks like, and I don't know what his exact size is, but he looks like he's probably – around somewhere between 280 and 295. So they they got a little bit more of a hybrid approach with their fronts. Now, if you see how they're lined up, yeah, they've got Roquan Smith mugging the B gap there. At, you know, you see uh, number zero there, right? Um, but they're really simulating what we do out of the 34 jam. So if you were to hire someone out of Baltimore, what you'll probably do is get away from the 34 jam and play more nickel, but still accomplish the same thing from a body aspect and trying to occupy offensive linemen with the pre-snap looks. So they're kind of mimicking our 34 jam, although they're in a nickel set here, which seems to be a nickel two, four, five. All right. So it just shows you, you can accomplish the same thing with different looks, different personnel. And you see on the upper side of the screen, that guy's kind of playing that mock Rashawn Gary role. Right. But he's probably, honestly, he's probably more of a linebacker than he's pass rusher. 
So you've got your pass rushers installed here, a couple of them being big boys down there playing what seems to be a, uh, a two-eye and a four-eye on the top of the screen. But you've got Roquan mugging there in the B. Let's watch how this play develop here and just kind of see a glimpse of what Baltimore does. You see them showing blitz there, right? They got them to trigger a little bit. You see them identifying it, so they're resetting the protection. But this play is actually going to be – you see the motion? Notice how no one followed the motion over, right? What's that tell you? Zone coverage, right? So we got zone coverage, and here's the play call. You got what I refer to as a 3-3 cat, okay? So you're showing a nickel 2-4-5 look, an exotic look, where you're simulating that 34 jam front, but you're doing it out of the nickel set. 3-3 cat is real simple. Three deep, three underneath with a cat blitz. Notice the arrow on the bottom that says storm, okay, storm. He, it's it's a C path, but he's going to sell the D. All right, I know that's a, that's what she said. <laughs> he's going to settle a D gap blitz there. All right, he's going to sell a D gap blitz. So he's going to basically the way the gaps play out, guys. Your A gaps are in between your guard and your center. Your B gaps are in between your guard and your tackle, and your C gap is on the outside shoulder or between the tight end and the tackle. Your D gap is on the outside shoulder of the tight end if you got one tight end set. OK, so he's going to sell the D gap, but he's going to end up in the C gap on the cat blitz. And what I mean by cat blitz is a cornerback blitz. Rather than saying corner back two syllables, you just say cat. It's one syllable easier to communicate. So when you look at this cover three, look, this three, three cat, what you've got on the top, they're playing zone match. Right. So you've got a tight third with a one match unless it's under. What's that mean? The number one receiver, number four that just that just shifted outside. Right. He's your number one. Your tight end would be your number two. Look at the bottom of the screen from the outside coming in. The receiver on the far outside is your one. The, the next receiver is what you call your number two. Okay, that's an easy way for defensive coordinators and their coaching staff to communicate who's responsible for what. So this is just a quick glance at their zone match principles off a cat blitz of the 3-3 variety. So you've got up top the tight third one match. He's matching the number one if he goes vertical. There's going to be a threshold of five to seven yards. Sound familiar? That's exactly what we did in Green Bay, okay? So they played a ton of zone. I know people wanted man, 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 but this is what Baltimore, the number one defense in the league, did was played a ton of zone. So they're going to play match one unless it's under. If number four breaks underneath, he's going to let him go, okay? And he's just going to play basically a deep third. That's cover three zone match, all right? Now, you'll notice the guy who's – playing kind of that Rashawn Gary role. He's actually a linebacker standing up over there playing that wide nine tech. He's going to play seam flat or a two match. So if two goes vertical, he's it's going to turn into man coverage. He's going to match him if it goes vertical. All right. The post, the deep safety, he's just going to be covering deep third. There's no match there at all. Right. I love cover three zone match. It's my favorite defense that that's running the NFL. The bottom, same thing. Tight third, one match, unless it's under. You let him go and you turn into a deep third and go looking for work. The nickel, or let's let's look at the – notice, too, they're playing shell here, right? See how they're showing two on the shelf? Mm-hmm. Notice how the safety, what would in this case be the free safety opposite the tight inside, is going to play seam flat or number two match. If the number two goes vertical, it turns into man coverage. If, it, if he goes to the seam, it's going to be man coverage. He's also got responsibilities on the flat, too, okay? So if he doesn't do either of those, let's say he runs a drag, guess what? then that free safety will roll into the box and go looking for work. I've got to know what the hell y'all are laughing at. This so is- this chat is out of control. you got to just, yeah, yeah keep I'm talking. Gonna, I'm going to put the whole chat on time. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go out of hand. 
Let's see. Could you imagine how distracting this chat is when you're doing a live show? LOL. We don't have to imagine. What's funny is what's funny is the chat isn't distracting. It's these three knuckleheads over here going. Other than Tim, look at Tim being professional. I'm so disappointed. It's the only good chat we could put up. Yeah, I'm looking for something remotely here here this is about as pg-13 as it gets there we go that's cute Perfect. we're gonna leave the other ones alone afam <laughs> and eric share a netflix account you know what's hilarious people probably think this bothers me this is exactly what i envisioned for this show i'm just being honest with you i want it to be chill and laid back like this mm-hmm. it's just hilarious watching jacob and emilio like a couple of seventh graders in the back of the room flying paper airplanes going <laughs> That Peter Griffin. <laughs> anyway, so the uh, the guy in the middle, notice how he was mugging. They were showing him blitzing, right? They set the protection on him because he showed a blitz. Let's let's roll it back. This is really cool. So you see plenty of sugar, right? You've seen him right there. He, he was at Apex. Up. What's that? He was the Apex, right? Yeah. But no, the, the Apex in this case would be your... Your, probably your safeties. This safety that rose in the box on the gotcha. bottom screen would be your apex. Your apex gotcha. is the first defender outside of the tackle. So he would be, yeah, he wouldn't be. I don't think he would be considered apex. Some coaching staffs may, but um, he's kind of playing that middle zone too. But anyway, when he mugs, they set the protection on him now. They kind of slide everything to the right, right? He ain't even coming. That's right. what's awesome. He's dropping back into cover. So he's going to mug. He's got the three match, Okay. So the three in this case will be the running back. So he's looking to match that running back. See him kind of kick over to that side. He's helping. Notice the cat pressure had to throw it away. That's the type of stuff that you're going to get from the Baltimore defense. Let's show mm-hmm. it one more time with the with the play design here. The diagram. That was a big sell on that cat too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So look, look at the cat. He's going to sell the D gap and then shift into the C. Now, notice that the outside rushers here, you got the, the guy at the top, he's going to be playing the seam flat match in the two. But you essentially, all you've got is what, one, two, three, four, five rushers here. So you're playing three, three cat with a five-man rush with the fifth being that cat blitz. As he sells the D gap there, 99 is going to crush, right? He's going to do what we call a C rush. They call it crush. So he's going to kind of rush out here in the C gap. And and when you crush, you're basically trying to walk that tackle out to open up that C gap. So watch him on the bottom of the screen, 99. He's going to walk him out, and that's what's going to open up the C. Everything that made this thing go was that Mike selling that Mm -hmm. pressure. And And the back had had to step up and pick pick up that rush as well. And what I was looked up, 99 uh, is uh, Dofi Owe. He's 257 pounds, 6'5". Is he really? Yeah. So number 99. So he's yep. that, that is an edge defender right there. Got it. Right. Yeah. Outside linebacker. But, uh, yeah, watch the back step down uh, towards the hash and just open that gap right up for the cat. Oops. Yep, there it is. He missed it. He missed it. Yeah, he sure did. And you know why he missed it? Let's go back. This is why he missed it. Watch him set the protection. So they're sliding right. They think there's pressure coming off the right side. They think that the the guy lined up at the outside linebacker in the wide nine is blitzing mm-hmm. or that Mike is blitzing, right? That's what they right. simulated. So they slid the protection to the right. The running back did what he was supposed to do. Let's fast forward it now. Imagine the protection set, right? Yeah, look at the head count. Yep. Now look at the hat count. And they're thinking, okay, we've got to block the wide nine on the right. You got to play, you got to block the four eye. You got to block the two eye. You got to block the mock. He may be coming. We got, we got him to bluff there, right? We got him to simulate pressure. And then on the other side, you got the four eye and you got the wide nine. They're thinking, look, look at the hat count, split it down the middle. You've got one, two, three, four guys to block on the right, 87. If he goes out in the route, you're in trouble. 
So you've got to slide right. When they slide right, it's the crush on the outside that really sets that up, right? So now here comes the cat. Busted play, throw it away, live the play. Mm-hmm. Down. Great job by Mahomes there, just recognizing like, well, we crapped the bed. Let's just play for another down. What's that, Jacob? So they missed a hold. Not surprising. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Hit him with it. <laughs> it said it wasn't worthy of that. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. All right, so just wanted to kind of squeeze that in because people are asking, Clayton, are you going to break down tape on the Ravens? Guys, I'm, it's so hard fighting the urge to not break down the tape, but be our luck. We spend uh, two days breaking down Ravens tape, and they hire Christian Parker. You know what I mean? And we'll be like, that was wasted. So let's just wait for the hire, but just wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of some of the exotic blitzes, the meat, the 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 mugging, the sugaring that goes on, uh, the uh, the kind of unique ability that or the unique way that they've built their roster where they have kind of that multiple front look. You're accomplishing the same thing as the 34 jam. You're doing it out of nickel personnel. You're sugaring the offense. Um, these are the things that might come with someone like a, a Chris Hewitt, a Denard Wilson, or a Zach Orr being hired as the DC. So, right. and you're still in cover three then too. Bingo, bingo, and and it's zone match too. Like you don't even know what your assignment's going to be. Right. How's the quarterback going to know it? Right. And also the other thing too. I'm going to pull up one more time. We're not going to play while also right. while also being in cover two shell. In shell, bingo. That's what I was going to point out. So, the, everything about this. And Baltimore's defense is why I got excited about, man, let's bring someone in for Baltimore. Now, if we were to pull it up one more time, I think I've still got the the numbers here. Where is it at? Boom, 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 boom. Christian Parker. So this is Baltimore, right? Not, not Christian Parker. Ravens defensive numbers. Look at their middle field open. 47% of the time, that's ninth most in the league. Middle field close. 40% of the time, that's 28th most in the league. And their EPA on both, they did both well. But you're right, Emilio. They're playing middle field open, middle field. They're showing middle field open and playing middle field close on this specific play. Now, when you talk right. about pressure, 37% of the time, they're seventh in EPA. That's 11th most in the league as far as pressure. Um, and then when you go to four rushers and five rushers, in this case, they brung five rushers. That's 27th most in the league. So this is one of those plays that they got out a little bit of the norm of what they normally do. Yeah. But look at that ranking. Yeah, absolutely, man. So when they do it, when they do it, they produce. Yeah. And again, you – I know I get dogged for being so down on man coverage, but look at man coverage, EPA 20th. This is the best defense in the league, guys. Best mm-hmm. defense in the league. And they've improved. If I understood correctly, when we were breaking down Zach Orr's numbers, it one of the things it mentioned was the last three years, Baltimore Ravens defense went from the third best, uh, third ranked scoring defense to second and now first, right? Look at their man coverage EPA, 20th. Yeah. Look at their zone coverage EPA, first, right? So you're talking about first, second, third, second, eighth, seventh third and fourth it's i'm not dogging christian parker if he's the hire i'll get on board and we'll try to find all the positives we can i just i really want them to bring someone in from baltimore man so let's go around the horn tim are you still disappointed in the chat man yeah i'm done i'm done with the chat i can't i can't i can't, I can't focus dude the chat got off the rails at like 9 20 <laughs> oh man is there anybody we need to ban? Now everybody's sitting. No, there. no, no, okay. no, no. Like all, all good. Fun. Better straighten up. In they were talking about it. Imagine if they were at the bar together and and they yeah. all said that they'd probably get kicked out together. So typical oh, antics not. from the from the Three Stooges. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get that. I'm telling you, I got to get I got to get merch made. I told you guys, give me permission. Email me a picture like a fam with the porn stash. Right, I need that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Give me Eric Sutherland with the big beard and the tatted up arms, yeah. right? And then I needed uh, the who was the other one? It's A Fan Paul Paul Robertson, right? 
Paul yep. Robertson. Yeah, Paul Robertson. Yep. You know what? We can't use that picture. We'll get sued because that's our that's the famous bowler, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I need your three pictures on a shirt, and we'll, we're going to do merch of the. I don't know if we should say the Three Stooges, but definitely Class Clowns or something like that. There you go. Anyway, around the horn, Jacob. What do you got, man? Uh, well, I'm kind of starting to lean towards that. Yeah, it's got to be somebody from Baltimore. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for my guy Bobby Babich. I don't know why. I just stuck. Oh, he's DC that. now. They they announced he's DC for Buffalo. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They don't have promote him. I haven't Dang it. I know what you mean too, man. I was kind of excited about him too. At least uh at least I wasn't crazy. All right. Uh well, other than that, then yeah, I guess let's do that. Otherwise, what real quick, what would Johnny Holland do? Is there any truth to that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what would his defensive concepts be? Like, does he have any actual history? Is that just more of like an Al Harris kind of wishing well type thing? Johnny Hollins has 36 years experience Dang. in the NFL. That includes him playing for, I think, seven, and then he's been coaching ever since. Inside linebacker coach, absolute stud. He, he hands down, has the most experience of any of the candidates that we talked about. Mm-hmm. To me – I'm a man. I'm 40. He is. He's at least 40. Yeah. Um, he, he is hands down – like m- my most important quality in a potential coach is experience. You can't. And I know people like the young guys, and you guys see I'm excited about Denard Wilson and Zach Orr, Chris Hewitt. These guys are kind of young. But someone like Johnny Hollins, who's got all that football experience, and look at the guys he's coaching. Look at what he's done with Greenlaw. Look at what he's done with Fred Warner, right, mm-hmm. uh, at the linebacker position. And, and linebacker is like the core of the defense, especially when you're playing like a zone-heavy defense. So the problem, though, Jacob, is he's, he's battling uh, – you know, illness, right? So it's something that if I, if Drew was correct last night when he talked about it, he said that that specific illness, it's like once you're diagnosed, you got like five to 10 years to live. So it's like, is he looking to take on a DC job, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, I wouldn't, if I was him, I'd be like, you know what? Let me just kind of coach my linebackers, enjoy my life here and, and get through this thing, kick this thing's rear end and come out the other side better, right? Um, so, Johnny Hollins was just one of those guys. Johnny Holland was the guy that I, you know, we uncovered here on the show, and he's like my top camp. Like, I would love to see that. Dude. Right. And when I found out he was a former Packer, I was like, holy cow, this just makes us all. Notice I didn't say he's a former. Let's go look at the former Packers and see who best fits. It was who's got the the best resume, right, the best experience, and they're having success right now in the league, which San Francisco's third in points per play, third in points per game, fifth in pass defense, 17th in rush defense. Um, then we find out along the way, oh, that, he played for the Packers. Holy cow. Somebody said he's in the Packer Hall of Fame. I didn't know that. So, yeah, he's in the Packer Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that's why that one was just like, this is my guy. I would love to see that happen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, if you were to line up the numbers and say, okay, which defense do you want to pluck from, Baltimore, Kansas City, or San Francisco, hands down it's Baltimore. So if you're going to go young, get someone from Baltimore. If you're going for experience and he is available and wants to be D.C., bring Johnny Holland home. Hashtag bring Johnny Holland home. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, anything else, Jacob? You good, buddy? No, that's it. All right, Tim, you got anything, man? Nope. All right, Milio? Negative. All right, y'all going to do a show tonight or not, you bunch of knuckleheads? What's the plan? If I can get off by seven, I'll do it. Oh, sure. God, here we go. If I don't have hosting privileges. All right. So uh Paul or Paul. If Tim sets it up, 
and then Emilio hops on, and then I'll hop on, and then we'll we'll, we'll get this uh, mock draft going. You All sure right, what do you think, that? Tim? <laughs> Tim. <laughs> you sure about that? Tim's like, I'm running the soundboard. I don't know about running the show. I can. Jacob, I'm trying can... to think of which one of our computers is going to compete with uh, Clayton's NASA yeah, computer. Yeah, with the screen that comes all the way around. It's got the it's got the big curve, Tim. Right? So oh, yeah. it's just... I can't do it on my end. I know that. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is the part that bothers me. You sat here. You sat here and scolded these people, these fine people in the chat. And then here you are. <laughs> Listen, it'd be worth a shot. I think the listeners, the viewers would be like, hey, look, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. The main thing with having a souped up computer is if you're going to show the videos and stuff, like mm-hmm. when I'm sharing a screen, things like that, you'll probably be OK to try it with just what you got. Now, I don't know. Tim might have one of those 1989 uh Apple got the green text. He like types in only got green text on the screen. Yeah. I bought my computer from this guy. You call me dude. Speedboat is operating on MS DOS. I guarantee it. You play Oregon. I can set it up for you guys if y'all want to. All right. Um, and you could give it a shot, and if it don't work, just end the broadcast and yep. make sure you don't say anything <laughs> inappropriate before you end the broadcast. That's all right. I ask. I, I would, I would love to not be sitting at dinner, and get a notification to YouTube that hey, you your channel has been banned. That would be <laughs> kind of top priority if we could prevent that from happening. Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> all right, so there you go. All right, everybody in the chat, we don't have an answer for you. Maybe there'll be a yeah. show. Maybe <laughs> we'll pay attention. We'll figure it out later. You got we'll to huddle, up. Yeah. Gotta huddle up and uh, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's people listening to this podcast going, would y'all shut up and end the podcast already? That's I don't fair. want to stop what I'm doing and hit skip to the next podcast. That's fair. <laughs> so, all right. We appreciate everybody. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. Uh, this is a fun one. We covered a lot of info. We'll be back to not possibly for PTA live. If not, we'll be back to uh, probably, probably won't do a morning show tomorrow. So we'll definitely be doing one show a day, guaranteed one show a day. But there's a chance I don't do one tomorrow morning. If not, then we'll definitely do one tomorrow evening. You may have a show tonight. We'll let you guys know as soon as possible. So um, I don't want to get on here and just try to think of stuff to talk about either. You know what I'm saying? If, if there's not a lot going on, there's no reason to pushing it out. But I would like to see you guys do a mock draft. That'd be fun. So uh, that being said, we're out of here. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.